grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, my brother, my sister in Christ. This is the day you are to commemorate, God said, a lasting ordinance. That's what God said to the first community of Israel to celebrate the, the feast of the Passover. It was, a, it was a celebration, a holiday, where they were to meditate on God's power. To meditate on how God it was powerful enough to deliver them from slavery in Egypt with miraculous signs and wonders. It was a day that God said that you're going to remember forever. You're going to celebrate it year after year. And for thousands of years they did. The believing community. It was a day where they would celebrate God's love. And so it makes sense that Jesus would want to celebrate this festival with his disciples. It makes sense that Jesus would take time and take, take the energy to celebrate the Passover with the people he loved the most. On a night before he was going to show the world just how much God loves sinners, they would celebrate a holiday of God's love. And, it, and so it was to celebrate the Passover that Jesus and his disciples were reclining at a table. You see, at that time, you wouldn't sit at a table across like we do now, but you would lean on one of your arms, and with the other arm you would reach, reach and grab your things to eat. And so you can picture Jesus reclining at the table there, looking across the table at his friends, at his disciples. He looks at them and he is overwhelmed with an emotion, love. These are his friends, after all. These people were there for him. But that's not why he loved them. These people devoted their lives to him. They, they suffered for him. They followed him during his ministry. But that's not why they loved him. He loved them. These people treated him with respect. They called him rabbi and teacher, and they listened to what he had to say, but that's not why he loved them. Jesus' love is different than regular human love. Jesus' definition of relationships is different than our natural human definition. Of relationships. Because it says here. In John chapter 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were, who were in the world. He loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas the son of Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus' definition of relationships is different. Because how do we love? We love people 
who smile at us. We love people who wave back when we wave at them. We love people who let us merge into traffic. We love people who pick up the checks. We love people who make us feel secure, who know how to console us, who know just what to say when we're down. We love people who do something for us. That's not how Jesus loves. Jesus looked across the table at Judas Iscariot, the man whom he knew was going to love silver, wealth, more than his own friend, his beloved teacher, and sell his teacher into the hands of the very men who were going to kill him. And yet Jesus loved him. Jesus looked across at at Peter, who was going to love comfort and security more than he loved his own teacher, more than he loved Jesus, as he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. And yet Jesus loved him. Jesus looked across the table and saw all these disciples who had loved fame, acclaim, compliments, more than they had loved each other and more than they had loved Christ, but Jesus loved them anyway. This is not the way that we love. We love people who we decide deserve it, who have earned it, who have done something for us, or whom we're convinced can do something for us in the future. Jesus Love is nothing of the sort because he just loves. Unprompted, undeserved, and unimaginable. That's how Jesus loves. And Jesus was going to show the disciples. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize what I am doing. Later you'll understand. Jesus loved his disciples so much that he was willing to wash their feet. You see, in Jesus' day and age, there was a practice. Because people walked around, and as they walked around on dusty country roads, they got dirty feet. Because folks weren't walking around in their Air Jordans or their loafers. No, they wore, if they had anything on their feet, they wore sandals. And as you know, dirt and dust can get through sandals so that your feet can get pretty dirty. So it was commonplace if you were going to show up at somebody's house that the owner of the house would have someone wash your feet or would have a bowl or a basin there for you to wash your own feet. It was a common courtesy sort of thing, keeping clean and hygienic. But here Jesus is, the Son of God, the Lord of Lords, present at creation, the King of Kings, the Rabbi, the Teacher, the Christ, He suits up like a servant. He gets dressed like a slave. And he washes the feet of his disciples? Brothers and sisters, this is shocking. This is 
scandalous. This is insane in the eyes of the disciples. And when Peter reacts with utter amazement and shock, he is reacting appropriately. Jesus says, hold on. In a minute, you're going to understand what I'm doing. But then Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my head and my hands as well. Jesus answered, those who have a bath have had a bath, need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. That's why he said not everyone was clean. Jesus was willing to wash the feet of his disciples. And he says, this is an object lesson. This is meant to show you something. He's going to explain to the disciples what this means, but Jesus communicates clearly that his love is not like normal human natural love. Because Jesus is saying all this hierarchy stuff, where I'm above you and, and you're my subordinates, I'm going to do away with that. I love you. You haven't earned it or deserved it. You've done nothing to attract my love. I simply love. I love on my own terms, Jesus says. Not based on worth or position or authority. He loves in a way that to the disciples and our eyes is completely embarrassing. But if the disciples thought that this was embarrassing, that this was an almost shameful way to show love, they had only to hang on for a couple more hours as Jesus would embarrass himself, humiliate himself, by allowing himself to be crucified. But in so doing, showing you and me just how far Christ was willing to go to show us that his love is not like ours. That he would die for miserable sinners such as you and me. That he would forgive us for the things that we have done. That he would save us, even though there's nothing we have done to deserve it. But that's the way God loves. That's the way Jesus loves. Jesus loves on his own terms. He redefines relationships. And that's what he was doing. You redefined your relationship with God on the cross as he painted you a saint instead of a sinner. As he declares you innocent in the holy court of God, he, he sets the rules, he sets the tone, he has changed the game. Your relationship to God is no longer one of a slave to the law, but Christ has freed you and forgiven you. He has shown you the ultimate sacrificial love, paying his own life for yours. He gave his disciples and us a glimpse of how far that love goes. 
when he did this menial, lowly act of service to his subordinates. And this is what Jesus explains. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus' love comes with a command. Jesus' love prompts us to follow suit. Jesus washes his disciples' feet so that he can teach them the way they are to love one another. Now that you know how undeservedly loved you are by God, now that you know how far your Master, your Savior, your Lord was willing to show you His love, He says, come on, mirror that love to the world. Love one another in this way. I have shown you, he says, a new definition for relationships. That you look at other people and you don't ask, what can I get out of them? What can I make them do for me? What can I earn out of them? But you, you ask, how can I show them Christ? No matter who they are. No matter what they have done. Jesus says, I have redefined relationships that you look at other people and you don't assess whether they deserve your attention or your love. You just love. What does that look like? I would die for you. It's a phrase that only the closest of friends will share. Or maybe if you really felt, have fallen in love with somebody, you'll say, I would die for you, baby. I love you so much. But it's a situation that, dare I say, does not happen all that often. Don't you think? Most of us will not be in a situation where we have to choose whether to live or die for the sake of another person. And I pray that doesn't happen to you. But why don't we change it a little bit? Why don't we change the phraseology here? Instead of, I would die for you, what if we said, I would inconvenience myself for you. I would embarrass myself for you. I would go out on a limb for you. I would step out of my comfort zone for you. I would put aside my sense of self-worth and my pride and my one-upmanship for you. Because with Christ, that's what we can say to anybody. You can look at your neighbor who's been looking for a church 
And even though you get butterflies in your stomach about having to have a, a conversation where even in the slightest bit you seem confrontational or you seem like you're telling someone else what to do, you can invite them. Send them a link to Trinity's videos or podcasts. Or just talk to them about who Jesus is and what he has done for you. This new definition of relationships means looking at someone else, seeing their need, and showing them Christ by meeting that need. It can be by witnessing your faith and sharing what God means to you and what God has done for you through the gospel. It can be looking at another Christian and building them up and providing for them. It can mean sending that text that you kind of feel like you should send where you share a Bible verse that's your favorite, where that's really encouraging to someone who you know needs to hear it. It can be making that phone call where you say what you've wanted to say for a while about how somebody's been living and how they've been drifting off the right path so that you can bring them back to Jesus. Or it can be simply using your hands to serve, to provide for somebody. Any way that you and I can seize the opportunity to love like Christ loves, to love in a way that puts others first, to love in a way that doesn't look for praise, that doesn't look for a return, that doesn't look for a hierarchy but to love like Christ. So what does this mean? It means that you and I grab our buckets and our towels and we get to washing. Whether that means folding your hands in prayer for another person or for a community leader or for your church, picking up your phone and making a call, sending a text, or whatever it means for you. That we wash some feet and we demonstrate and communicate the same love that Christ has demonstrated and communicated for you and me. God grant you strength. God be with you. God show you his love so that you can mirror that love to the world. Amen.